Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. <laughs> I'm super confident <laughs> Cool, I think we're ready to rock Now, I came down a ramp Yeah I followed a sign that said The deep end mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah And I feel like I'm in the cosiest week yeah. <laughs> With um, the lovely Lauren Crilly And Audra Merrick and you guys are involved and make all the magic happen at <laughs> Repair Cafe Glasgow. Yeah, correct. Not just us, uh, a whole team of <laughs> folks, uh, a whole team, a squad of legends, uh, as Absolutely. I like to call them. Uh, but yeah, I am the events communications and volunteer coordinator, I guess, but it's sort of all all hats, really. Mm. Uh, do lots of other stuff as well. Um, and Audra is one of our fantastic volunteers. Lauren runs most of the show, I would say. Right, okay. um, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm just a, a follower, I think. <laughs> so where, where did you guys get the idea for Repair Cafe? So Repair Cafes are actually all over the world. Mm. And the first Repair Cafe started in the Netherlands in 2009. Uh, and it started, uh, this woman called Marie Postman, Postma. Postman. I always go to call her Postman because, like, naturally, you just want to finish that. Sorry, Marie, if you're listening. Uh, yeah, Marie Postman. <laughs> she she started uh, a repair cafe, and then it sort of spread uh, as this worldwide movement. So there are now over a thousand five hundred repair cafes across the world, um, and we were the first in Glasgow. Uh, John, who is the project manager, uh, he's also the co-founder. He just realised that there was sort of you know space for this in, in our community. So we originally started at Kinning Park Complex, which is uh, an amazing community centre just right across from Kinning Park Subway Station Mm. uh, and right off Paisley Road West, if you're ever in the area. Mm. And yeah, it just sort of snowballed from there. We got some funding from uh, the Climate Challenge Fund and we've been on that journey now for like two years, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing to think like how many repair cafes there are in the world. Yeah. You know, but then... And the same sense, like, I think it is just that kind of thing where we are tempted just to buy something new, something breaks. Totally. And really, like, that kind of dopamine, dopamine, is that the word? Mm -hmm. Of buying something new Mm -hmm. is lovely, but actually getting something repaired or even, you know, repairing it yourself... How much of a dopamine hit is that going to be? Yeah, mm. I think an even bigger, I think an even bigger one, uh-huh. and the sense of achievement that people get mm. when they repair something, or even if they come along to a repair cafe, work with a volunteer to repair the thing. So, say for example, if it's a lamp, and even if they leave and they've not necessarily been directly involved in the fix, but they've witnessed it, they still leave with a sense of achievement because you know they've kind of made a conscious effort to mm. not throw that thing out and not buy new. And, you know, get involved with something in their local community as well. Absolutely. So in terms of, like, events, is this something that you're running regularly that you're kind of advertising that people mm. can come along so they're kind of, they know it's going to be happening? Yeah. And thinking, right, what have I got here that needs to be fixed? Yes. Yeah. So we run monthly events um, and have done since May 2018. Um, so we started at the Kinning Park Complex and now we've moved to Clyde Community Hall, which is in Ibrox. So we're there the third Saturday of the month from 12 till 
three. Sometimes our events are a bit longer. And then we'll kind of pop up and do workshops in other places. Um, for example, we did a, a, a how to use your sewing machine workshop, which Audra actually took part mm-hmm. in. If you this want to speak fantastic. to that, Audra. Yeah, <laughs> it's fantastic. The lovely seg wheel. Yeah, well done, Lauren. Yeah, <laughs> like so I, I guess I, I came across uh, Repair Cafe because I was, I was looking for ways to you know try to make small changes in my life cool. right yeah um you know trying to buy food with less packaging and you know trying to kind of use things longer um or uh, exchange things barter things rather than buying new um and uh, i came across repair cafe because i was looking for you know like basically i and i had been like saving up clothes like i just had like a small mm-hmm. hole in it yeah. or something like that and i thought oh i love that shirt i don't want to get rid of it mm-hmm. um and so yeah when i started seeing the repair cafe uh, stuff advertised I was super excited um and but had no idea kind of what to expect so you know going in and and thinking well I don't have the skills I don't have the tools at home what am I going to do and then going into a, a place where everybody's really warm and welcoming you know there's coffee there's soup there's you know <laughs> lovely people with lots of supplies and mm-hmm. you know know-how um and so yeah you know being able to go in and watch somebody repair a hole in my shirt and like figure out how i could do that myself and you know kind of be inspired to do some of that you know yeah, on my so own to, to figure out that you can absolutely mm-hmm. yeah so small or big yeah you know, yeah yeah to the point where i was like going to my mother-in-law's house and saying oh is that is that broken i could i could take that to repair cafe and get that fixed <laughs> so i like, become you know repair mad um but yeah so when there was a, an opportunity and i've you know had this sewing machine for a couple of years now so yeah when the opportunity came up to then actually you know get some instruction from somebody who knows how to do this stuff you know it was it was a great opportunity to not just attend a repair cafe but learn a little bit more myself on mm-hmm. how i could be doing mm-hmm. stuff it's probably like things like sewing machines have probably been passed down yeah families people yep. like yeah i've got my mom's or my grand sewing machine mm-hmm. like i had this exact conversation mm-hmm. with my colleague before i left because mm-hmm. i was talking about coming to meet you guys and sadly her dear mum passed away a couple of weeks ago and she was like you know i took her sewing machine because that makes me think of mm-hmm. her and she was like i'd love to be able to use it but i'll need to figure it out you know yeah. she's like in hand sew or mm-hmm. whatever but but that's something sentimental to her that she wants to then be able totally. to utilize and not just gather dust is that basically the idea that where that workshop that particular workshop yeah yeah i think it's just that yes definitely a yeah. lot of people have sewing machines that they're not sure how to use and that's just a skill that also people want to have but you know maybe feel a little bit um insecure trying it themselves or working it out themselves because it's quite a daunting task Mm -hmm. so when you can sit with someone in like a nice warm environment it's not super formal and they just like talk you through what they know and also one of our volunteers might have not seen that sewing machine before either so they don't know exactly how it works but they know kind of how it works so you get Mm -hmm. to problem solve things together and like you mentioned at the start that skill sharing that's pretty much what repair cafes Mm. are all about because when i heard about you guys i was like i wonder how it works like how do they get the experts yeah like i would go to get something repaired Mm -hmm. i have i don't think i've got any ability to repair something sure initially was that like we were looking for people who can repair Um, yeah it happened our volunteer team are amazing because they've got such a wide range of skills so Mm. you've got like engineers and electricians and also like fashion designers and like seamstresses so and it happened really organically Uh, I think that might be something got to do with you know 
people in Glasgow are super friendly and willing to give their time. I think that's just uh, a sort of like ingrained in mm, Glaswegian yeah. DNA <laughs> um, and also just the culture of the city. And then also being the first maybe repair cafe as well. There was that like open market. People just like wanted to get involved. And yeah, it, again, it just happened really organically. People heard about it, kind of like how you heard about us yeah, yeah. Um, and just thought, oh, that's really cool, came along. And then like Audra has come along to a repair cafe, maybe got something fixed and then got involved after. So it's been a really gradual build of a community, but we mm. have over 30 active volunteers now. So um, we've got such a pool of wonderful supporters as well. So we've kind of looked out. And in terms of like your particular role on and mm-hmm. so, What's your background? Like, why were you kind of drawn to... Yeah, I think um, what I liked about Repair Cafe, firstly, is that it just hit the mark on lots of different stuff I was interested in. So being interested in, you know, uh, fighting against climate change, uh, also interested in kind of building... Uh, these unique community spaces where people can come together around one particular issue and then also just being interested in like skill exchange and things like that and just free accessible events as well it's a massive word that isn't it yes mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. truly yeah and there's just not that many spaces where people can socialize that are free you've got public libraries but apart from that that is not super common in our society. Uh, Another thing I liked about it is it's just an inherently anti-capitalist project. So again, everything is free, but we're also working, you know, to keep these products alive. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just like that about it. It's quite like sewn into like, you know, the fabric of the project. So yeah, I liked all that. So that that sort of attracted me um, to it. Mm. I'm getting the sense like the, the overwhelming sense of community that mm-hmm. is built through this that is really important because this has came up in the podcast loads you know i was talking to a guy who's got a fitness kind of gym mm-hmm. like he's a you know a, a personal trainer mm-hmm. and he wanted to start a community not just like a gym where people come and go and don't really speak to each other mm-hmm. he wanted to build a community because he his family had chip shops when mm-hmm. he was growing up and he was mm-hmm. like see the the sense of community of like the cafe that my grandpa owned yeah. and people come in and you knew everybody and you were mm-hmm. chatting to everybody mm-hmm. and people were sw- you know swapping stories he was like that's what I wanted to build from my gym mm-hmm. because I just that seems to have been lost like a lot of miners clubs in Scotland now they yeah. used to be like social gathering kind of mm-hmm. places on a Saturday night and they're all closed now so yeah totally the sense of community is mm-hmm. we need to try and build that back up again and yeah yeah well thank you yeah, yeah definitely it's not just about reducing waste no. and it's not just about the environmental side of things and that's really important but really it's about the people and it's mm. such a people-led project and a volunteer-led project so we want to we want to really keep that um yeah. throughout it because in terms of loneliness as well in this country like and the whole skill sharing thing there'll be the older generation who have all these skills because they were just passed down to mm-hmm. a point, you know, sewing and being yes, able to mend yeah. things. Like, you know, if somebody feels that they're useful and that they have a purpose mm-hmm. at a certain point in their life, I think that's super important mm-hmm. for getting people out of their houses and to combat loneliness. Yeah. There's probably loads of people sitting in their houses and not mm-hmm. just older people. Absolutely, not yeah participating yeah they can i do think loneliness is like an epidemic in our society and like even little gestures you can do in your day-to-day life to make someone's day better and um projects that make people feel more connected to each other are so important 
It's interesting when you were talking about the the, the person whose family had the chip shop. You know, yeah. you can imagine people being connected that way, but also as a way of looking out for each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't seen so and so in this yes. week. What's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think you know these these community led projects are really an opportunity for people to feel good on a couple mm-hmm. of different levels. He actually said the best thing he bought in his gym was four bar stools. Mm. It makes people hang about after yeah. the workout to maybe have a coffee, maybe have a chat. What but a great a, insight. Aye. Yeah. And like doing something, the act of being creative mm-hmm. or mending something, being, you know, using your hands. Mm-hmm. I think that's like great for mental health as well. Definitely. Just like focusing on one task. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's hard to measure it. It's kind of an intangible thing, mm. but I think it's, it's so important and is... Uh, I think a, a definite benefit of mm. repair cafes. So if you were to, if you could think over the, the time that you've been involved with repair, are there moments where you've just been like, this is awesome? Yeah, I think even our <laughs> most recent repair cafe, I really enjoyed. And they're just kind of getting bigger and better and there's more people coming on board and more volunteers and more people mm. are finding enthusiasm for it, just participants who are coming along. So I feel like it's really reaching its peak like not its peak but hopefully it gets bigger and better but um it's peak so far definitely and I kind of just looked around the room at the last event and was like oh I'm so happy with how it's going (laughs) which is really great and even last night I went and I dropped a a pram off to someone so just got our pram project um so and that's something I've not done before Mm -hmm. um because they just happened to live two streets down from me and they were so chuffed with it Mm. um and that was really nice because I'd not seen the kind of that directness I've seen Mm -hmm. I've taken prams that people have dropped off but I've not seen a proper like repaired cleaned pram and dropped off to someone and just kind of seen that like happiness in someone's face so yeah it seems pretty like you're like yes people do need prams and they're very expensive yeah Uh, we got an email basically from the St Enoch Centre and they so that's a shopping centre in Glasgow so they were getting like what four to five prams left in the shopping centre per week People go buy an, a new one at Mother Care and leave the old one what? hanging about. Yeah, so... Uh, these people with lots of money. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's like, uh, yeah, having money. But then I guess also when you think about it, it's so hard to get a pram repaired. So there isn't right. really a pram service to repair okay. prams. So yeah. it's it's also, it's frustrating, but also totally understandable yeah, 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 when we don't have facilities for mm. repair that people choose to throw things out rather than repair. I just feel like this is the only option. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we were contacted by Zero Waste Scotland and they asked us, could we do anything about it? So we just started ourselves independently collecting prams. Um, John, who's our project manager, would go kind of like to what he describes as the belly of the St. Enoch Centre, <laughs> which is like the underground <laughs> part where I think it's just like where they like have mass amounts of rubbish. I don't really right. know. So for the trucks to come in and yeah. out. It, it is, yeah, it for is delivery. a strange space, I have to yeah. say. But, you know, the big truck trucks and vans yeah, and stuff yeah. go in there yeah yeah, yeah. I just think of these places obviously the, the amount of waste that something like a centre like that must have to deal yes, with in a week I bet but I wasn't thinking including prams yes, so, yes. totally totally <laughs> so we just started cleaning them up preparing them and then we worked with Refugee who are a local charity here in yes. Glasgow who work with refugees and asylum mm. seekers um, to kind of get these prams out to folks who need them. Uh, and we've just sort of built on that relationship. So that started like over a year ago. And then in July, we had something which we describe as Pramageddon, which was when we did a Facebook post asking for people to donate their secondhand prams in kind of whatever condition. 
whether they're just like secondhand and working fine or broken we would repair them and then in that 24 hour space we had about 12 emails about prams and then we quickly got to a, a stage where we had about 300 prams so now we're kind of like working ourselves out of that situation <laughs> in a way and um, we had a crowdfunder and so many kind lovely people donated so we're able to get a bigger space for storage and kind of like get our facilities up to scratch yeah 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 Yeah. basically this this office space that you are in now this shabby chic office used to be just a storage place for prams so there was like a hundred prams in here um so it was very chaotic um but now we're at a stage where we've built on that chaos something less chaotic Uh, absolutely. and we have systems in place and processes and we've got more volunteers helping out with collecting prams and picking up prams and like i was saying i dropped off a pram to someone yesterday so we're kind of yeah we've kind of just moved on from that and we've i think we've given out just under 100 brams um yeah over the course of since we started yeah you you can't even imagine what that means to a family Mm because having a child is really expensive and if you've got it it keeps people it keeps people from getting out and doing things Mm -hmm. you know kind of living living their life and and doing the things that they need to do and we were just talking about loneliness and isolation as lauren mentioned there's there's so much that needs to be done but there's obviously a huge kind of need for this um, because you know you can imagine the response that came so quickly mm-hmm. and it, it kind of like with the the other parts that we've been talking about with the repair cafe as soon as people hear about this they they think about it and they realize oh my gosh I've spent hundreds of pounds on this stuff mm-hmm. and what am I going to do with it afterwards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I might have a cousin to give it to I might have you know another child after this to, to save it for yeah. but other than that where is it going to go is it going to mm-hmm. go into the into the landfill you know and so like having another option to to extend the life of of this these materials i think is is huge um and then also being able to ensure that people have access um to the equipment i think is is also um you know is is making a big impact Mm -hmm. it's totally empowering isn't it just for people to to know that they can help someone else out yeah and then that person's then empowered to go about their life and it's just mm-hmm. one less thing to worry about that expertise right yeah. it, to a certain extent you know you can watch youtube videos you can kind of figure yeah. out some of these things yourself but having a central resource of people yeah. that have the knowledge the skills to repair and clean these things i think is is really you know kind of powerful um, because you know you can imagine all the people who might have left an old thing at you know, at the St. Enix yeah. and mm-hmm. not really having another choice, not really knowing mm-hmm. what to do. Um, but, you know, if we we can kind of be successful with this, that me that would mean, you know, that, that there actually is a process in place to extend the life of mm-hmm. those things and really influence people's behavior, I think. Mm-hmm. To me, the, this kind of ideal situation would be where the first port of call for, for parents would actually be secondhand yeah. you know yeah. it's clean it's safe it's it's you know kind of in just as good a condition as as a brand new one and and that that would be kind of the ideal yeah. behavior change i think my background is in um, kind of corporate life and oh, strategy um wow. so you get the problem solving uh, I, yeah uh, yeah exactly exactly yeah. so managing projects and yeah. yeah trying to kind of figure out how to figure out how to solve problems mm-hmm. so um so 
you know, I started attending repair cafes to get things fixed. And also mm-hmm. because I was looking for a community that was interested in, mm-hmm. you know, sustainability. And then when the pram project stuff came up, it actually made me think, you know, when I became a new mom, mm-hmm. um, there was actually a, a, a short lived program and it doesn't, it's not currently in in the works, I don't think, but there was, it used to be something offered by National Child Care Trust, NCT, um, that when you had a new baby, you could basically rent a, a car seat and a, a bed nest ah, from right. them okay. so you didn't have to buy stuff new and and then you didn't have to figure out what to do with it when you were done <laughs> I, I it reminded me of that and I, I remember thinking that was great it was such a great program and then I was so I went and looked it up and realized that actually it, it doesn't exist anymore mm. uh, which is a which is a real shame mm. um, but um, and I thought well this is something I'd really like to be involved with mm-hmm. and so um, so the way that I've been volunteering is to kind of help work out what mm-hmm. the processes are and um, you know how it can how it can be self-sustaining um and how you know what uh, expertise do we need to to gather up to mm. make sure that we've we've can you know kind of yeah, keep yeah, it going yeah. And, yeah, and get absolutely. the right people involved um so really more from a kind of organizational planning standpoint well, that's the thing it's not just about right, how many folk can we get together that fixes stuff like yeah actually like you know the pram project there's mm-hmm. probably a million versions of that project that mm-hmm. you could be running you're like you know there's a need for this there's mm-hmm. a want for that uh-huh. so then it's you do need the brains behind it as well from you guys going, yeah right there's lots of things we could be doing but what are we going to prioritize yeah absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely yeah what will make us sustainable in the way that also we won't burn out because yeah. that's a that's a huge problem time, yes uh-huh. yeah the, the pram project might end up being its own separate thing we're kind of yeah. developing yeah, 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 that yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's where audra's amazing skill set mm-hmm. is coming in super handy mm-hmm. right now um so strategy when you're in community work is not necessarily what you what you learn like you learn to just basically keep your head above water yeah there's not that much time and breathing space so Mm -hmm. having someone like Audra who can actually plan our next steps and like see it like full full picture whereas we're so in it yes has been really great and Mm -hmm. I think we probably need a little bit more of those sorts of minds within within mm. the community sector um, just to keep projects going because it can be so heartbreaking when you have a funded project for two years and you've helped all these people. People feel really supported by it. It's become a part of, you know, folks' daily life yeah. or routine and then you lose funding because, you know, it's not creative enough or it's not new enough or innovative enough for funders and then, you know, and then you're back to square one and you have to... People totally valued it and yeah. Using it, absolutely. And loving it. Yes, and exactly. Like what? Like, can't believe that. Yes, know. I can't believe someone yeah. wouldn't give money to this. So yeah. we just want to be as sustainable as possible. Mm. Really, yeah. And even like. I was going to use the word guilty, but I've been guilty of giving things to the charity shop, and that's great because they can resell them and mm-hmm. get money for charity. Mm-hmm. But you know, I guess a lot of these charity shops are going to be overloaded with stuff as well, and they probably yeah. can't sell all in it. You know, so I maybe give a jumper to the charity shop because it's got a wee hole in the underarm. Mm-hmm. You, know, you think, well, somebody might buy that and they'll be able to repair it. And mm-hmm. You're like, well, wouldn't it be great if I could just repair it myself? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah. Or somebody could repair it for me. Yeah, I mean, I could love it, have a lovely conversation. Yeah, and meet somebody. Maybe they totally. could show me how to sew. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, like it's like a noted thing that I cannot sew. Like mm-hmm. I was in a night out when I was younger and I had a pencil skirt on and it split right up the back and I was not going home. And I went to the club and the girl on the toilets had like a needle and thread. Oh and my like, gosh! So I sewed it. Do it in inverted commas. <laughs> and I remember my mum just saying, Lisa. It looks like somebody's chewed that. <laughs> I don't know how to stop. Like it's just those skills. Like you might have done it at school, uh-huh. you know, a million years ago, whatever, and you're like, yeah, I made a 
stalker. I think we made like a Christmas stalker. Yeah, totally. And just that empowerment of being able to to do something, yeah, your hands and just and then help other people out. Yeah, how good is that? Mm-hmm. It's empowerment, but also confidence. I think. Yeah. You know, so one of the things that came up with this the sewing machine thing. I mm-hmm. mean, um, you know, as Lauren mentioned, they're really skilled, experienced people in there. And they'll come across a piece of equipment that maybe they're not familiar with, mm. a sewing machine they haven't seen before, but they have the knowledge and the expertise and the, the confidence to kind of figure it out. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think, you know, as people build these skills, then they feel confident that, oh, actually, I haven't done that in so many years, but actually, I, I can figure it out again. Or I can, yeah, exactly. Time. You know, so kind of just building up that, first of all, making it an option again, mm. um, but also kind of building up that that kind of confidence mm-hmm. um, that Absolutely. people will choose that yeah, as a like path. Solving a problem, like Absolutely. problem solving, I think it's like we're in this kind of culture of somebody else sort it you sure. know and obviously at repair cafe somebody else can sort it mm-hmm. but and like you were saying if you take something to be mended mm-hmm. you know if it was an electrical thing or whatever you can sit and watch that person mend it for you yeah mm-hmm. no so you are part of the men so you get matched up with a volunteer and you sit right across from them or beside that. them and, and you're totally a part of that so mm-hmm. you, i mean there's an option to go grab tea or whatever but yeah, it's very yeah. much encouraged that you sit with them um, so you can learn as much as possible. Or even also, it's kind of just sometimes we have this fear of our stuff, uh, fear of <laughs> doing the wrong thing. Yeah. We're very disconnected from the things we own, which is so, so weird when you think about it. And the repair cafe, even just like opening up a laptop or opening up your phone or a lamp or whatever it is and just getting to see inside of it mm. kind of takes a little bit of that fear away because it's so, totally something you can learn to do. And even if it's not something that you're necessarily like, I don't know, not something that you can completely do, yeah, yeah. Having, doing that with someone, again, yeah. gives you the confidence. Yeah, it can yeah. be something that's like, I don't know how to wire a plug. Do you know what I mean? But you're sitting with somebody and part of that repair mm-hmm. is something like wiring a plug. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. You know what I mean? Like you just learn mm-hmm. one skill that in the totally. future, you might not be able to sort something now, mm-hmm. like that person's going to have to take it further for you because they've got expertise in that. Yeah. But just mm-hmm. sitting down and them just explaining to you what they're doing and mm-hmm. just like, again, it's coming back to that kind of, you know, having the confidence mm-hmm. to just pick up some tools mm-hmm. or going, all right, they all right. Okay, all right. I understand. I didn't know it was as easy as that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, just upskilling people for future yeah it's not an impossible thing mm. and we run workshops as well so we did like basic diy workshops cool. um we did some for women and non-binary people uh with the swap market in govan right. hill on victoria road that was really great and then we've also done like how to use a power drill we've done a couple of them um, and they've been really good too so yeah. basic skills as well you kind of you leave with that basic knowledge but then a wider understanding that it's not that hard like mm. you can do it you can totally learn how to do that stuff and the whole obviously the emphasis on you know reusing and repairing and the mm-hmm. environment is that something that you are both very passionate about or is that your has your passion grown for it the more that you've worked at repair and seen mm-hmm. like we are just throwing I, so many I, things away. i do think um that even i mean I, I think before i really got into it i had a vague idea mm-hmm. that i needed to make changes in my the way that i lived okay. um it didn't necessarily occur to me you know that throwing clothes away because yeah. you know yeah, you're about packaging yeah. And things you're yeah, yeah exactly and- you know so I, th- I felt at least personally i feel like it's been a gradual kind yeah. of awakening and I'm, and I'm sure there's a lot more to think about mm-hmm. you know if we think about the way society has has gone on you know it's only been in the last whatever not even 100 years mm-hmm. that people would have kind of 
bought a one dollar one pound t-shirt mm-hmm. and thrown it away right. you know um you know it's 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 that's a kind of a relatively new thing and mm-hmm. um, for our society and so i think we you know it's kind of gradually happened yeah. and we need to kind of work like a catastrophic like work, work our way out of it and mm-hmm. and it and the you know the, the reality is that it, it it really impacts people from lower incomes mm-hmm. because yeah. they end up having to buy things that are you know, not well made necessarily don't last very long and then they have to replace it faster, you know, so there are all these things that, that have kind of come together. You start to kind of quickly realize mm. um, that cheap spatula that you just bought, you know, and it's fallen apart. Well, actually, oh, I can repair that. I can reuse that. It, you know, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to go into the, the landfill. Mm-hmm. You start to realize those things and then it opens up, it continues to open up and, yeah. and, and you start to see in different parts of your mm-hmm. life what what, el- what else could ha- can be done. Mm. I think it's sometimes for people it seems overwhelming, like, oh, these recycling bins and what else have we to do? And uh-huh. like, a lot of people I think it the can idea be. of like, you know, we've got to fix the, the planet. Yeah. Sure. Like, oh, I but then it ends it. up being an all or nothing. Yeah. And, and so I think, you know, if, if we can do, if everybody can do little bits. Mm-hmm. Yes bit by bit more more and more you know then then actually that's mm-hmm. uh, that's going to make a difference yeah. um you know we we don't want people to get completely burned out no. on the idea and then kind of turn their back on it mm. um so i think if we can get people to make just even small changes yeah. or realize what else they you know they could be mm. doing i think but i mean this sounds much more fun than just separate plastic <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely yeah like, it sounds uh, like you get you get to have a nice like yeah. chat with somebody you got a wee cup of tea and as well with like recycling recycling should be the the, the last thing to do so we yeah. should be reducing our consumption yes. and then we should be repairing and there's like a phrase within like the zero waste community where it's like you know the best item of clothing is the one that's already in your wardrobe so mm-hmm. making use of what we have already and kind of being more mindful when we make purchases as well um is really important and another phrase that they say is like we need like a million people doing the zero waste lifestyle mm-hmm sort of or like <laughs> making mistakes yeah. and then just you don't need one person doing it perfectly no. so really just those sort of small changes small changes and small changes can master this big change yeah yeah i think a lot of people just like shy away from it because they don't maybe understand it they don't realize mm-hmm. the enormity or they maybe do realize the enormity and yeah like, it's stressful a it's a bit overwhelming yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah it's stressful absolutely. definitely and i have climate anxiety but i tried to just move through it by you know not letting it consume my day-to-day life but just making like small choices that Mm. if I look back you know I can be proud of myself as an individual I think more and more people are becoming kind of aware of it and open to and and also connecting it back to maybe you know the way that their grandparents might have done something before Mm -hmm. you know it's not it's not all brand new necessarily Mm -hmm. some of it is is just kind of remembering the way that that things were done before mm. so the um, new doesn't yeah. mean it's the best yeah i go into school sometimes and chat to kids about um the project and repair and cool. um kind of the circular economy in yes. general mm. um and i talk about e-waste and stuff and just like the the whole thing waste and repair as a way to like build our local circular economy and one thing i talk about is waste within within the fashion world and that being the second biggest industry that produces waste in the world mm. and yeah one thing we talk about is like fashion and like how it's great to have the new thing and that's so great but also you know something can be new for you you can pop down to the charity shop and get something that really suits you yeah totally <laughs> wearing a whole charity yeah. shop uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and it's it's kind of weird to think about fashion 
being basically just kind of like the crux of like that problem as in like yeah. it's like seasons mm-hmm. of like new and then Absolutely. also them just like burning clothes like because they um don't want other designers to like get it or like don't want it to be so because it will devalue the product that's what i was trying right. to say um and that's just so heartbreaking yeah mm-hmm. so yeah it's definitely conversations we have um at the repair cafe too Mm -hmm. so moving forward is just kind of keeping going with what everything everything that you're doing the monthly events are you kind of branching out and doing other events elsewhere because like this seems like something like as soon as i said to my colleague today i was going she was like that's amazing where is it yeah yeah when it comes she's like Uh anywhere near here and it was like yeah like sounds like everybody needs this yes totally we would hope that in the next couple of years there will be repair cafes Mm. all across Scotland so uh, in January we had a kind of a summit of different community groups come together talking about how to start their own repair cafes Um, so it's definitely something we're conscious of and we're going to Mull next weekend Um, so uh, there might be a repair cafe popping up in Mull Mm. we're trying to get a repair cafe started in the Gorbals one up north in a place called Boat of Garden so we really want to spread this repair culture across all different communities in Scotland Mm. because like you said it's when people hear about it they're like where is my local thing and we really want repair cafes just to be the new normal like the normal thing you do like when your toaster breaks you're like okay when's the next repair cafe in the local community hall I'm gonna go there and get it fixed there must be some amount of people come to the repair cafe thinking I'm just coming to get something fixed and then they'll leave with so much more Mm. yes yeah fixed thing yeah yeah totally which I think is awesome like Mm -hmm. there must be so many people just not realizing that's what they were going to gain coming along Mm -hmm. and people coming coming along when they don't need some things to yeah totally I've definitely seen some faces a couple times and yeah, yeah. I'm like do you actually have something to repair yeah, just coming totally. to hang out which is, is yeah there's definitely repeat participants nice. but that totally just feeds into the community aspect as well yeah. that we we wanted to create when we started yeah, the project like, you said on, like probably initially it was people that had that community spirit mm-hmm. that were getting involved mm-hmm. initially mm-hmm. but then you know if they keep coming it just spreads yeah out to people that go actually i have got some that need to fix mm-hmm. great i mean a, a lot of uh the response from that summit that you're talking about lauren it was, people came to you weren't they you know looking yes. to they yes people interested in starting repair really? cafes in their That's communities cool. yeah um so you know i feel like it, yeah as soon as people hear about it they think ah yeah that's needed Mm -hmm. yes Um, and we want to help people who are already ingrained in their communities so we're not just sort of like helicoptering in somewhere and being like repair cafes this is great now you guys go do that mm -hmm. but it's people who approach us with an interest they're already kind of community leaders they work in a community center Mm -hmm. um or different environmental projects and they think that this would be a good a good addition to the yeah. work they already do um so we i definitely think there'll be more repair mm. cafes popping up across scotland yeah, like it does take obviously organization and planning like yes you know yeah you do need these people that are maybe you know like, like you're saying leaders in your communities to yeah like start it mm-hmm. you know because they've got the mindset of like we can build something they've maybe got the confidence to do that yeah. you know and yeah and, and then obviously and the hope that people end up coming along that just didn't 
realise that they were going to be involved in something like that. Totally. It was, kind of, kind of, it was a happy accident. Almost. Yeah, and there's so <laughs> many people with really, really good repair skills in our community. And it's maybe the older generation and that intergenerational skill share at repair cafes is a really wonderful thing mm-hmm. to see. Yeah. Uh, we've got such a diverse age range on our volunteer team. Our youngest volunteer is 16 and he repairs like laptops oh. and computers and then our, we've got volunteers in their 70s um so we've just got kind of a diverse range of skills mm. as well so yeah what's the like the biggest challenge you think if if you know someone was wanting to start a repair cafe what would you say would be maybe the biggest hurdle yeah it's time consuming <laughs> so i'm super lucky because it's my part-time job and same with john but if i was to do this in my spare time i don't think we'd have gotten this far but every repair cafe looks different so because we got funding to do it and we're part-time employed we got to help other people start their own repair cafes and we were able to be a lot more visible than maybe other repair cafes would have been in their first couple of years but we've totally built on that we've tried to maximize that to the best of our abilities and so yeah just time probably Mm. but if you can get little pots of funding here and there and I think projects work best when they're already inbuilt into something else like at the beginning so if you've got a structure we were able to use the space at Kinning Park Complex which we knew quite well and we had that organic community around us so they were able to come along and support us so maybe that I think whatever your local community space is working with them to make that happen you know tapping into those community leaders Mm. um who people follow kind of naturally and if Mm -hmm. they talk about something you know people listen well I can imagine that there are a lot of the the skills that you need for repair for, Mm. for repairers you know exist in communities you know people who know how to fix a toaster people who know how to um who aren't afraid to open up Mm -hmm. a laptop or people who are afraid who are able to use a sewing machine or you know kind of skilled Mm. seamstresses and things like tailors things like that but to have somebody to bring them together um and to organize and to you know kind of to to provide that amplification i think is is really important um because you know because a lot of these people are well everybody's doing it as a volunteer all the Mm -hmm. repairers come in as volunteers for them to also on top of that you know figure out the space and the timing and to get people there and it's you know, a lot that's a lot to yeah. think about yeah, yeah. so yeah like you're saying advertising it like that the kind of branding mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. repair cafe mm-hmm. and how you want to sell it i guess social media massively helps because it's like yes. free advertising yeah and that's yeah. how i found out but yes that's a great yeah way. but i guess you've still got to be mindful and be thinking about like what we're putting out mm-hmm. content and totally you know, so it's, like you're saying it's just all time consuming and yeah you know and if everybody's volunteering it's like divvying up all those extra jobs yeah other than just repairing stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and the cafe aspect of it is that so, so in the Netherlands the first one was that a cafe um no I don't think so I think it was like just a pop-up community yeah. space but they use the word free and loose <laughs> <laughs> in the Netherlands yeah. I think I think they use the word cafe differently Got to you. how we do food and drink always kind of helps to bring people yeah totally together, it's a very important thing and mm. when you say there's homemade bacon people are like okay cool yeah. I'll come I'm there yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> uh, and coffee and uh, most recently we've had delicious surplus sourdough bread from the folks at freedom bakery and i'd like to give them a shout out because they're great they're fantastic um (laughs) and that's been oh a glorious addition (laughs) yeah yeah definitely yeah it's a real real selling point for sure it truly is it's the best it's the best sourdough in glasgow definitely (laughs) moving forward for this year what are you excited about yeah so excited just about the development of the pram project definitely Mm -hmm. 
and helping people set up their own repair cafes. That to me is kind of what I want to focus on, supporting mm. other people to just sort of spread the message. Because at the end of the day, we have a pretty small impact when we're just, you know, just doing our Glasgow events, you know, 40, 50 people yeah. coming along. But if we can spread that message out and help other people start their own repair cafes, the movement could get a lot bigger. The then of the, the first one. Totally, Glasgow. yeah, totally. So that for me is really exciting. Uh, and planning some more workshops in basic DIY stuff. We've got so many great ideas around the Pram project and some real momentum about how we're kind of moving some of that stuff forward. So I'm really excited to see what we can accomplish mm-hmm. in 2020. It's it's going to be an evolution over the next couple of years. Okay. Um, but I think, you know, there's there's going to be some... I think some bigger things that we'll be able to do in in a relatively short amount of time. Yeah. Um, and as Lauren mentioned, you know, it's already having a, an impact. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, with with um, some of the kind of higher profile things that are happening around Glasgow, mm-hmm. um, COP twenty six, COP twenty six yeah. in September. Yeah. You know, I think that's it's the awareness around these topics are are only going to be heightened, and and people will, you know, I think see some of these opportunities yeah. and, and and that will help as well so it's mm-hmm. it's a very exciting time to be working on this stuff it is, yeah. it is definitely. i mean i will absolutely put all of the links and everything that will get Thank people you. to come to you guys and get involved and yes and just you know just like that kind of social media sharing even mm-hmm. if somebody you know can't come along or be involved directly I, I guess it's just like getting the word out there yeah know, we like, have a great digital uh, community as well as mm. our kind of direct community our volunteers and people who come along to the events there's so many people who support us online like from all over there's repair cafes in like New York State who are like yeah good job there's a lady in Australia who comments on like every Instagram we have who's <laughs> so yeah who's just like so encouraging and it's so nice to see there's people in Chicago who like donated to our pram project crowdfunder oh. which is so sweet That's fantastic um so yeah follow us on the socials yeah, everyone yeah yes I, I think yeah i mean that even if you you don't need it right away yeah. you know just just kind of having it on your radar i think is going to be is, is going to be great because then you know in three months time four months time when you need it then mm-hmm. you're like ah yes well, yes i know where to go i know what to do absolutely you're totally spot on although i guess the md listen to this is probably going to start rummaging about the house and you're inundated with yeah. things yeah. to mend absolutely <laughs> great a good problem to have it is a good problem to have mm. i agree i agree totally. no i i absolutely love what you guys are doing like that's why i'm here the podcast was just born out of like being interested and being fascinated by people mm-hmm. and their passions but also like people that are doing things that are you know worthwhile good causes mm-hmm. like have great energy about them that are you know all for good and supporting other people and bringing people together mm-hmm. which is obviously what the repair cafe Glasgow's was doing so i mean i just think these are doing all sorts of awesome stuff great it's always good to hear praise on a friday yeah. afternoon <laughs> <laughs> specifically <laughs> friday afternoon <laughs> um do you have time to do a quick thing called the thingamabobs yeah what is it random questions great love it and you can each answer it or you can pass it over to the person okay. like, i mean or you can answer it on behalf of repair cafe glass sure. if you want to be like this is how repair cafe glass oh, feels answer. okay cool the official party yeah. line uh-huh. totally. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my first question is what does the world need more of mm. i think kindness yeah quite quite yeah that's just my straight up answer i would second that yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> that, i was gonna say high fives but <laughs> kindness sounds like much nicer high fives and kind i mean that is high five is kindness yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you're showing somebody that you, <laughs> yeah, well, you can. yeah yeah 
if you were in a band, what would they be called? Ooh. Depends what type of band. Right. Right. I mean, we can make the band. I mean, mm. you, I mean, it feels like you guys are a band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just need some cool outfits. Um, <laughs> gosh, I don't know. The first thing that comes to mind is reband. Reband. <gasps> yeah. But that's, yes. not, that's not really good. Yeah. <laughs> Reband's well, good. I mean, you're, I think your logo and all that would be pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Best advice ever given to you? Mine is, was uh, assume best intentions. Always assume best intentions. Mm-hmm. People try their hardest, they bring their best, and even when the response is not great, there's something good there. That's that, nice. It's so funny because I feel like I got the opposite advice growing up. Like, uh, I wouldn't I, say this was the first advice I was right, given. It cool. was some advice yeah, I was yeah, given. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like Irish Catholic, and I think we're just like a bit suspicious naturally, or my family is anyway. Um, like my auntie Mary recently was like, "Don't trust anyone." Like genuinely was <laughs> like, "Don't." Yeah, yeah, don't trust nobody. Yeah, she's just like, "Don't trust anyone." Yeah, and like I ca- absolutely can't think of any advice I've gotten that is good i'm sure i've gotten loads um but nothing is springing to you mind you just absorbed it and made it your own <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 totally. what, what advice I, would you give what's your best advice that you're always giving out to people um i think like i'm always like a big believer in like self-development and self-improvement so uh i think that oh i'm always just like go to therapy that's probably like my main one <laughs> if if you can if you can if you yeah. have those resources like take time to to reflect on that um and try to be like the best version of yourself you know you can be um it's probably a bit cheesy but no, that's 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 it see you go to therapy and then on the a- on the yeah. other end of it of therapy <laughs> you come out assuming best intentions yeah exactly <laughs> uh-huh truly yeah what do you both like about living in scotland mm. uh, the people for me definitely the people um yeah i've lived in glasgow for seven and a half years on and off I went to uni here so it's totally the city that raised me and I've had very formative years of my life here and I've met some amazing people I think just like the friendliness and the warmth of the Glaswegians uh yeah that's definitely it for me yeah I I would second what Lauren said I I think it's uh, my husband's Scottish which Mm -hmm. is partly why we've ended up here um but I I love I love living here and I love Glasgow in particular because people are so friendly and warm um I love the language but but also I think there's a a, especially in Glasgow and I think wider in Scotland there's a real sense of caring about other people Mm -hmm. you know a warmth toward the stranger that is you don't find everywhere Mm -hmm. um and I just I appreciate it so much and I love it so much about like living among other people who care about Mm -hmm. society about Mm -hmm. the people around them and and it it kind of translates into social programs and and i know that there are a lot of things under stress in this country um but the fact that people prioritize that socially i think is fantastic Mm. assume best intentions Mm. exactly (laughs) and it's funny you mentioned language because the question that i ask everybody in the podcast is what is your favorite scottish word or phrase Mm. Ooh. <laughs> um, there's a word that I there's a word that I um, learned not too long ago which uh-huh. I love which is gallus. Uh, I love I love gallus. Um, and the first time I saw it was in uh, kind of Scott's version of the Gruffalo. Oh, cool. We've, yeah. We we love that book at home mm. and uh, and I the it's about a gallus moose and I just absolutely <laughs> love love that that word. 
I like patter. I think that's that's really good. I don't. I think I started using it maybe like a year or two into mm-hmm. living in Scotland. Um, and you can't you can't even pronounce the T's. You need to say patter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. <laughs> see, I'm not there yet, so I can't use it. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Because it's kind of just like what we would say in Ireland is crack. So it's sort of like yeah, the same. Because yeah. you don't use crack so much here. You use patter. Mm. Um, but I like it. I like it a lot. Well, I have to thank you both for your gallus patter. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I totally applaud you. I'll give you a high five. Oh thank my you, God, Lisa. the world needs more. <laughs> totally. Thank you very um, much for having us on, Lisa. It's been pleasure. lovely. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, all the links will be on there. And um, yeah, great. Everybody needs to go and check you guys out. Fantastic. Yay! Thank you so much. Thank you. hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Braun the brave a podcast about people and their passions join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests bye for now <laughs>